0: Get ready to be jolted out of the ordinary and into a world where conversations are charged with intensity and facts. The Lightning Strike Talk Radio with your host, Muhammad Fahim, broadcasting live from the heart of the city on Chicago's Progressive Talk Radio, WCPT 820 AM. Welcome to a radio show that charges through the airwaves with an electricity like no
1: other. Here's your host, Mohammed Fahim.
2: Good morning, Chicago, and welcome to a gloomy Sunday morning in Chicago today with rain out there. But we're going to be throwing some lightning bolts out there to brighten up your Sunday morning. Joining me in the studio again today, Ken Luke Howdy, folks. And John Arena. Good morning. So uh, we're going to start off with this... Uh, Called for a ceasefire by the United Auto Workers. They have become the largest labor union now to advocate for a permanent ceasefire in the ongoing Israel Hamas conflict. Uh, so, folks, if you have any questions, if you want to make any comments on that, uh, feel free to call in. The number to call in is 773 763. Nine two seven eight. So the short truce uh, that happened for what six seven days?
3: Six days, yeah.
2: Yep, and um, that truce uh, basically is uh, now no longer there, and yeah. the hostilities have started again. So United Auto Workers now on Friday, the Region Nine director Brandon Mansilla, alongside the protesters on the fifth day of a hunger strike in front of the White House, now has called for an immediate ceasefire. So I don't know if anybody's going to be listening to that or not, John. I,
3: don't know, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty big move by a union to kind of flex yeah. their power in this kind of poli- global political way. Um, so it, it's interesting to see how it'll play out. Uh, and, and if it was a leadership decision or how the members were brought mm-hmm. into that conversation.
2: Well, it's uh, the leadership is now is, uh, calling for, uh, for the ceasefire. And... Uh, especially now with campaign season starting Monday, Uh, folks starting Monday, people are going to be filing for the upcoming elections. So if you have not paid attention to who's running for which office now, I think we need to start paying more and more attention, especially keeping in mind people like our good friend, George DeSantos. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just think about it. I mean, A guy like George Santos makes it to the U.S. Congress and flexes his muscle and says, I'm not going to go. What are we looking at, man? We have got good people who want to run for office, but nobody bothers to pay any attention to doing some research on that. So start paying more attention, folks. Listening to the lightning strike is going to make you more educated.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting that that vote, 111 Congress people voted to retain him, including Mike Johnson, the kind of Bible, you Mm -hmm. know, thumping, you know, do the right thing. A guy voting for a guy who stole money from another congressman and the congressman's mother by overcharging his credit card. It's like, what level of corruption do you need to hit before 111 of them go? No, we we can't tolerate that.
2: Well, uh,
3: (laughs) I don't even know if there's a
2: a measure for that. (laughs) Here's the here's the thing, John. Uh, When they have a leader like you know the 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 devil's advocate (laughs) leading the party in the polls now, I'm told that Trump is still leading. He's still yeah. So when uh, when you have somebody like that setting the standards, uh, by that standard, Josh Santos is uh, you know. Pogar. he he's didn't do anything. He's player, right? <laughs> he, he, he's just a big player by that standard, okay? So, folks, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, please feel to call in, 773-763-9278. Uh, we are also going to be following up on the case of Eric, who is in prison in Iowa. We'll have some updates on uh, what's happening with that and how screwed up our prison system is, not just in Iowa, but all over the country how the prison industrial complex is milking the taxpayer dollars. $80 billion, John, is what is being spent every year on our prisons. Insane. It is insane. And people are not coming out of there, Ken. They're not coming out uh, with any kind of reformed, uh, you know, person.
4: Yeah, the concept of rehabilitation is uh, lost on these people.
3: Yeah. And other countries have figured this out. Uh, Finland and Germany. I mean, you look at their prison system is designed to, to for people to go in and come out transformed. Mm-hmm. It is not about just raw punishment and demeaning and treating them like caged animals, because that never works. And we, we just can't learn that lesson in this country. You even heard Desantis, uh, 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 fr- you know, running for president. And just talking about this kind of old school, we just need to lock them up and throw away the key kind of approach. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, but doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, expecting human beings to be oppressed in this way and then come out and now be a better person.
4: You know, I think it all just... uh filters down to this authoritarian mindset, you know, I mean, and it's, it's getting really scary. I mean, our democracy, uh, if people don't, you know, wake up and smell the roses here, we're going to have a big problem in uh, the next couple of years, uh, depending on how these different court cases turn out. And, and even uh, worldwide, even like uh, there's countries now that are uh, – taking that uh, lead for example india and uh, mohammed i know you know a lot about this subject <laughs> but i mean it's it's crazy it's uh, the world's
2: becoming a very scary place well let's let's talk about uh, about india you said that i know a lot about india of course i know a lot about india i, I came from india but the india that i came from is not the india that is there any longer the, the Modi government in India now has become an extreme right wingers dream out there. So, if you speak up against anything that is happening against uh, Prime Minister Modi, man, you are up for, uh, you know, some, some real trouble. A uh, couple of months back, uh, we heard about what happened with the Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau talking about uh, the, an assassination plot on a Canadian citizen in Canada by the Indian government. And the guy was assassinated. It was not just a plot. And the Indian government turned around and said, oh, show the proof. Now, here's what happened two days back, folks. The Indian government now has been caught with their tail in a crack. They were trying to assassinate a U.S. <laughs> citizen in New York. And, uh, this was, uh, this, this, this entire thing started uh, happening in May of this year. And in June, remember, the Indian Prime Minister was being hosted by the White House as, as, as this, on a state visit, right? Mm-hmm. So May 1st, there's this Indian guy who's a gun runner, drug runner, and everything called Nikhil Gupta, who, uh, was in communication with, uh, and this is all coming out uh, in an indictment by the, U- the Department of Justice. And um, in May, they started communicating this Nikhil Gupta and an Indian government agent based in New Delhi, mm-hmm. uh, asking for someone to be assassinated in New York. And uh, the guy said, "Oh yeah, yeah, sure, we can take care of it. You know, we, you know, we do this all the time." <laughs> and, <laughs> It's, turns, part it's part of the business model. part of the business <laughs> model. So Nikhil Gupta now, guys, turns around and tells his Indian connection, I got a connection that I can, uh, you know, put uh, put a contract with. And uh, the deal is stuck. They pay $15,000 as a down payment for this murder to be done. And this $15,000 are paid to the supposed... Assassin now in his car, <laughs> and that supposed assassin was an FBI informant. Oh my God! Okay, oh, goodness. But this is what happens now. I mean, this is uh, what was what was that the, the, the Keystone Cops? <laughs> 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 so Key, Keystone Cops it's, in in action now. Keystone folks.
3: criminals, maybe okay. you know. This is where. <laughs> You know they. You know we were talking about this that Putin has people murdered for political, you know reasons or just they're they're troubling to him. And now it becomes well that's okay to do internationally. And we even saw with Trump some of the pardons that came out that, that Trump uh, yep. allowed in his. There are 140 last day pardons that are finally getting through. Some of these one of the guys is a, a loan shark that was the college roommate to Jared Kushner. This guy like just has a rap sheet longer than my arm. He's a (laughs) he's a he's a loan shark. He gets a pardon. He goes back to loan sharking like, you know, so when when the the highest levels of government are acting this way brazenly. Absolutely. Maybe it makes the the police, the the FBI's job a little bit easier because these guys, you know, they just get so like like Santos. They're so brazen about it. They tell you what they're going to do. And it's just a matter of just trying to corral him up and, and put those guys behind yeah, we'll bars. Be On, to... On
4: that note, it's really scary what Trump said he's going to do if he gets reelected. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, I I, yep. I I wanted to write down that he had like five, six talking points, which is completely <laughs> anath- antithetical to our democracy. It's just yeah. it is he's scary. He's going to
3: go after judges. He's going to go after NBC. He's going to go after any any news reporter. Well, He might gonna,
2: probably go after me also because I keep calling well, him the devil's advocate. Okay.
3: Yeah, there's a list somewhere. We may not be in the top 100, but I think we're somewhere on that. List.
2: Okay, folks, uh, you're <laughs> listening in to the, the, the lightning strike on WCPT, AM 820, uh, Chicago's Progressive Talk Radio Station. I'm your host, Mohammed Fahim. Uh, let's see who we have got on the line, and if we can get, uh, Amin wants to talk about elections, and then i got uh, somebody on line two. Do <laughs> we have a Michelle's name for that? Michelle. Okay. So, yeah, Michelle uh, will uh, bring you in at 940 to talk about what's happening. But, uh, Amin, good morning. You are on the air. Uh, peace be with you. I want to speak. Uh, actually, one of
1: your hosts mentioned it when he talked about the mindset. We have to look at our elected leadership. You know, the, one of the things the Quran says is piece of a time when people will select the most wretched, debased, evil mind from amongst them. It says man, but man means mind, your thought process, from amongst them to be their leader. Mm-hmm. And this is what we see happening. This is why there's so much corruption in our leadership. People are selecting the worst ones of us to be the leaders. The solution is for the right-minded people. And believe me, there are so many right-minded people out there. They've just been so intimidated, they don't want to say anything. For the right-minded people to become more vocal and more active, we can change this. We can turn this around. But we have to quit letting the evil people do this. I forgot who, who said this. But there's a quote that for evil to prosper, all it takes is for good people to do nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to do. We have to start doing something if we're, going to be, if we're going to change this society and change this world. You
2: Please know, be with you. you are absolutely right. Thank you so much for calling in. And, folks, here's the thing that, uh, that we have been trying to uh, emphasize. Come out, get involved. You don't have to run for office if you don't want to, but make sure that the people that you do elect really represent what you want them to represent not the special interest and the lobbyists and everything. This is what has been happening in our politics all along now. We have the tail wagging the dog, and uh, that should stop. Uh, speaking of politics, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back on the other side. We've got some very, very interesting guests uh, that we had lined up for today. And uh, you can tune in again on Facebook.com WCPT820 to see us live. Or you can go to TLSChicago.com also and see us live over there. This is The Lightning Strike. I'm your host, Mohammed Fahim. We'll be right back with you.
0: Welcome back to the Lightning Strike with Muhammad Fahim.
2: Good morning, folks. Uh, back on the Lightning Strike. I'm your host, Muhammad Fahim. We're talking about uh, the mindset of especially uh, people who think that they are beyond uh, the law. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, talking about beyond the law, like I said, uh, the Indian government, guys, for some odd reason, has become so extreme right wing that you speak up against the Indian government. Boy, you're in trouble. And so this Nikhil Gupta saga now, uh, June 1st, uh, the the U.S. Department of Justice actually filed something uh, in, in New York. And uh, it, it was a sealed indictment. That uh, indictment has been opened now. And it, it reads like uh, a, a script from a movie, okay? Mm-hmm. So they don't, they don't name people. They're like Confidential Informant One and CS One, and the, they, they've got those things going on. Uh, but the deal was stuck for $100,000 to kill a U.S. citizen on U.S. soil, <laughs> okay? Uh, the guy's of Indian origin, and the Indian government claims that the guy's a terrorist. So anytime that you speak up against the Indian government, you're labeled a terrorist. Now, they have done that to multiple people in India. Mm -hmm. Uh, You will be amazed, uh, John. Uh, There was a uh, guy called uh, Father Stan, 85-year-old Jesuit priest. He was labeled a terrorist, thrown in prison. He died in prison. Mm -hmm. Just think about it. Okay. So... Folks, we need to be absolutely sure that we are electing the right people. And joining us at 9.30 would be Denise Winfrey, uh, f- a former speaker of the Will County uh, Board, a uh, Will County Board member, good friend of mine. And uh, we will be having uh, Denise come in and talk about the importance of, uh, again, elections starting Monday. Tomorrow is when people are going to be submitting uh, their, uh, you know, their petitions to, to get on the ballot. Yeah, and
3: Cook County did that last week, so there are already people have already submitted. We've got state's attorney, Kim Fox is not running again, so that's a race. Yeah, she um, had
2: already said that she was she was not yeah, going to be running. Yeah. She
3: didn't file. Um, uh, so there there's a, a candidate that one candidate that I've heard of has filed. I've heard of a couple other that might be running for that seat, but that's a really important seat, obviously. Um all, all your state reps, state senators that are up for reelection. Um mm-hmm. Not municipal yet, but we'll, there'll be some municipal yep. issues on the ballot like uh, um, uh, referendum issues uh, will be on the ballot. And one about one important referendum issue is about the um, uh, the increase in the real estate transfer tax, which will help go towards funding homeless services uh, that are desperately needed right now. So that's something to educate. I think that the challenge for voters and the caller's right that people have to vote, I think one of the challenges is, getting through the smoke screens and the facades of who a politician is. We were talking before the show about Ed Burke and his wife was a Supreme court justice. He got many, many justices appointed to the cook County bench, mm-hmm. but this is a guy that wears thousand dollar suits and looks philanthropic. And, and, you know, his wife started uh, special Olympics this weekend. We went and saw, uh, uh, killers of the flower moon, and I saw correlations in the characters there. If you haven't seen the movie, it's definitely <laughs> worth it. It's an amazing story <laughs> about how the FBI was created out of uh, o- murders in Oklahoma of, uh say, Native, uh, Native Americans. But the important thing is the characters in that movie, they were doing philanthropic work up front to, to create this facade. Mm-hmm. A- you know, acting as friends while they're committing some of the most atrocious, you know, atrocious uh Uh, acts against the very people they're professing to help. And what I saw is Ed Burke is that character for us over 50 years in the city council. He was the the guy that walked in the room and everybody froze waiting to see what he was going to do, what he was going to say. And the challenge is there's politicians that just want to stay in office. And there's politicians that are like him who are Machiavellian and want to control things behind the scenes. And be that power structure without being the guy who's got the top job, so to speak. So when people talk to me about how powerful the Chicago mayor is, Daley was a powerful mayor. Rahm was a powerful mayor. But the guy who was behind them with equal or even more power was the guy who controlled the money. If Eric (laughs) Burke told me one thing in my time in office was follow the money. That guy controlled municipal deposits for what bank got a portion of the $10 billion, $12 billion uh, uh, monies that Chicago had to, you know, use to run the city. And that's where the real power is. And it's the challenge of, of the folks who are voting to look past why like that guy or that, that woman who's running for office. And what are you going to do when you're there? Are you going to stand up to the powerful? Are you going to speak truth to power? And I think that's the the question you want to be asking your potential elected officials
2: absolutely and that that's such a that's such a huge challenge again the, the problem is people don't want to get involved they say oh, politics is a, a dirty business you know we have all heard that politics is the last refuge of the scoundrel <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> and, well, I'm a little bit of a. Scholar. Well, uh, yeah, you, you 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 were in office. I ran for office. Okay, but uh, the point is that then we got people like you know Mr. DeLuxe sitting over here, who's you know not as countered by by any stretch of the imagination, are you? <laughs> You're not under oath, sir. <laughs> okay.
4: um, you, know, you know this is, is really important. Me look, yeah. I mean, both you guys make a, a really good point. You cannot avoid getting involved in what is going on in government anymore. You just cannot do that. You have to. Be more educated. So many people have drank the Kool Aid, and for you younger folks, that doesn't know what that means. There was a guy named Jim Jones back <laughs> in the seventies. He had a cult. He brought everyone down to uh, was it Guyana or some mm-hmm. some, some uh, Central American country, and he was trying to control everyone. There was a uh, a U.S. House representative uh, person that went down to. Uh, document what he was doing and, and blow open that story and when he was uh found out he had everybody drink kool-aid and they all got poisoned so many people today are not mm-hmm. taking this really important situation in, in in mind because if we don't elect the right people we are subject to doom so i Whatever. Yeah, it takes a lot. It, it takes a little bit of homework to do it. It is a
3: responsibility Absolutely. of voters to, to try to to get to the core of who they're electing.
2: Absolutely. Speaking of that, folks, uh, if you need to call in and have any questions for us, the number is seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. Do get involved. This is your show, and this is our country. We need to take it back. Okay, and we can only take it back by informing people. And then, if you hear something, if you know something. Let your neighbor know, man. That's what neighbors are for, okay? Just don't go up to them on uh, Thanksgiving and ask, uh, you know, have, uh, have dinner with them. Share things with them as to what is happening in your neighborhood and how can we make a difference. Speaking of that, in just a couple of minutes, we will be joined by Denise Winfrey and uh, let's take a quick break and on the back side of the break, we'll uh, get into conversation uh, with Denise.
0: Welcome back to the Lightning Strike with Mohammed Fahim.
2: Good morning folks and welcome back to the Lightning Strike on WCPT AM 820. You can also listen to us by having your smart speaker uh, ask uh, no, have your smart speaker <laughs> Uh, dial in to WCPT and you can also watch us live on Facebook and you can see my ugly face and the handsome faces of John Arena and Ken DeLuke in the studio today. Uh, we are kind of hiding, uh, you know, Tyree in the, in the back over there today. Tyree is just uh, looking at his phone so Tyree is not going to be on uh, any of our social media today. But uh, good morning, Denise. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, welcome on WCPT.
0: Morning.
2: And thank you for having me with you today. Well, uh, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And uh, folks, uh, Denise Winfrey now is the immediate past president and uh, board member of Will County. She is the immediate past president of uh, NACO. This is the National Association of County uh, National Association of Counties, right, Denise? How was that experience? Yes,
0: that's right. There, uh, NACO, NACO, the National Association of Counties, represents 3,069 counties, parishes, and boroughs across the United States. And I have the honor of being the immediate past president. So, uh, boom for Will County. And I'm currently a Will County
2: board member. Absolutely. And you, uh, you were a Will County uh, speaker also for a while, right?
0: Yes, I have been the Will County speaker of the board. I've also been the Will County executive. So, uh, rather, five <laughs> career there. I've been
2: around the block a bit. I, I, I remember Denise. I met you uh, for the first time about six years back, mm-hmm. and uh, I was uh, going to run for uh, the Plainfield Village Board, and I had approached our local uh, Democratic Party uh, for support, and they ignored me. And uh, I remember coming up to you in a Will County Board meeting. And uh, I I didn't know you. I just came up to you and said, hey, I I want to run for office, and I need some support from the party. And you, said, uh, you looked at me and said, well, let me take you and introduce you. And you took me around, and you introduced me to people. And you said, guys, you have to help this guy. And that's how I got started. Thank you so much.
0: You're quite welcome. Yeah. You know And that's the thing that people need to remember is the introductions mean a lot. It's a small thing, but it's a thing you can do without much effort and certainly no expense. And you were talking earlier about people being involved. A part of them being involved is where they can make the connections, help people to be known so that folks can know who they're voting for.
2: Yeah, and see, you actually got me introduced to the party, Denise. You may not even remember it, but I do. You and do. Uh, I have been an integral part of the party since then and, uh, you know, been very involved, and I got my daughter involved. Uh, The entire family is now involved in giving back to the community, and uh, the thank goes to you, and you may not even have realized it.
0: (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm glad that it was helpful. Absolutely. We need more people to be involved. And Abs- not sit on the sidelines.
2: So, you see, that's uh, that's something that uh, I'm always uh, telling people is get involved. Don't complain. If you have not uh, come out and voted, you have no right to complain.
0: And that's exactly true. And we need more and more people to be registered to vote and to also work as deputy registrars, be involved in the elections. One of the ways you know for sure what's going on in your neighborhood, in your city, in your county Is by being active, you know, read your local papers, go to the meetings, talk to neighbors, find out what's really going on as best you can, and then vote from that perspective. If you don't know what's going on and sitting back complaining about what's happening, you know, if you didn't vote, is worthless. Very often, local elections are decided by less than 200 votes, sometimes a lot less than that. So people who say their vote doesn't count. Don't really understand how it works. You know, the, everybody needs to be registered and active.
2: The the last time uh, one of the local mayors—I'm not going to uh, name names over here—but he got elected by two votes, John.
5: Mm-hmm. Yes.
3: Well, I won my first election by thirty votes. So when I talk to high school students, I would say, "This is the room full of people that made the difference in that election." And. It's true. A lot of elections are much closer than people think they are. Uh, One, you know, if there's a contested race, because sometimes a lot of people run uncontested. So it's it's important to put your name into the mix if you're if you want to take on that challenge. But also being involved with the election process. And I wanted to ask uh, you if, um, you know, Trump has has made comments recently about people need to go from other states into places like Chicago or Democratic strongholds and watch the elections. And there is a legitimate way to watch an election and there's not. Right. So mm-hmm. I wonder what is yeah. that something that raises a concern for you? And and what is going to what do you think DuPage County can do to make sure that if she's there a will are county. will county. I apologize. Yeah. Um, every county I, has to be worried about this. I'm but is sure. this something that um, that you see as a challenge going forward with the upcoming election?
0: It is. And whether it's Will County or DuPage, and it's this, and there's nothing wrong with poll watching. Exactly. That is fine, as long as they are legitimate poll watchers standing at the proper distance and just paying attention to who's coming and going, who's lobbying outside of polling places, who is threatening people, who is trying to get steer people away from polling places. Mm-hmm. So we need to pay attention that people are legitimate, that they are not beyond the bounds of where they're supposed to be, and they're not doing things that are not allowed. People coming from other states to watch is fine, provided they are legitimate poll watchers. And the way we make sure of that is we get local people involved, registered to be poll watchers and active at the polls everywhere. Hmm. Then anybody else coming up is clearly an oddball and stands out. So we have to be involved. That's the bottom line. And anybody... Can be a poll watcher, eighteen and up. You just register. Go to your local election authority, get registered, and be involved. And how Pay are attention you, to what's going on.
3: And how are you doing on election judges out in Will County? Because I know that's been a challenge I, for.
0: That's always a challenge, and I, as I'm around the country, I find that that's a challenge in a lot of places. Here in Will County, we've been very short-handed for a while, so we need more people to be willing to do be election judges. And we recognize that, that's, you know, some, for some people that's a hard thing. You're up very early in the morning and mm-hmm. at the polling places, and it doesn't close until late, which is why our county clerk, Lawrence Davy Ferry, has raised the pay for election mm-hmm. judges to try and entice <clears throat> uh, people to work for that day to help make things more equitable for everybody.
2: Right. So uh, that is a couple of things that you can do. You can become an election judge. You can become a poll watcher. And uh, those things really are the beginning of, uh, you know, getting your foot in the door also to running for office.
0: Right. They are. You can also work on someone's campaign. Mm -hmm. So that gives you an inside track, gets you to understand what kinds of literature can go out, how to go around to the doors, how to show up at gatherings to solicit signatures on petitions how to talk to people, get the inside track on the different issues that are out there for folks. So working on a campaign with yes. someone is a big opportunity to learn about the entire process and the need to be registered,
2: so to, Dennis, be, uh, uh, to be registered. Dennis, Dennis, how did you get started?
0: My parents were, in, were always involved. So I started out as a kid, you know, in the car, my two brothers and I, putting together election um, literature so that my parents could hit the door. They'd come back to the car, get another handful of stuff from us, hit some more doors. So I started early on because my parents were always involved. They used to drive people to the polls. Uh, My mother worked as an election judge. Uh, So they were always involved in the process, always believed in the need to be active and to vote.
2: Okay. So what was the first office you ran for?
0: The first office I uh, ran for was the township collector.
2: And, did you... and I was
0: appointed first, filled a vacancy, and then ran in the very next election. And and was there until I moved to the county board. On the county board, my representative on the county board passed away. I was appointed to fill that seat mm-hmm. and then ran in the very next election cycle. And have been at the county board since then, with the exception of the time that I've filled in as the interim county executive when the county executive passed away.
2: Right, and and now we have uh, Jennifer Bertino-Tarrant as our county executive in Will County now.
4: Right. Denise, what do you uh, view as the most uh, pertinent or important uh, issue facing Will County right now?
0: Some of the issues, well, there are a number of issues in front of us, and some of them are the same as they are all over the country. One is affordable housing or workforce housing. And I'm not talking necessarily Section 8 vouchers, but I'm talking we have more and more people coming into the area that are different intermodals, logistics plants, and they need decent places to live that they can afford as beginning workers. Kids just out of college getting started need to have an apartment where they can afford to pay the rent and still be able to get to and from work every day. So that's an issue for us. Also, infrastructure, and we're working on that now, you see the, the work happening on Interstate 80 and the cross bridges along that. But that's a big piece of what's needed here. Another big issue for us is mental health. That's why we have the new Mental Health 708 Board working to provide services to people across the county at different levels. We have more and more people at younger ages needing that kind of support and help. So that board is going to be doing a lot to help makes that possible for people to get
2: the support they need. Absolutely. And I was uh, I was at the meeting that uh, where the funding for the board. I know that it was a referendum and the referendum approved the the, you know, the formation of the board. And then uh, the the Republicans started pulling back on uh, getting money for the board. I was at that board meeting. Right. You know, which yeah. uh, which is kind of crazy. And you uh, do, you do know that uh, my daughter is also been appointed uh, to the Will County Mental Health Board.
0: I didn't
2: realize she was your daughter. Yep, Julie. is my daughter. Did. Okay, and she's oh, po- okay. <laughs> she <laughs> spoke at that board meeting, and I was there, and it was crazy to see how people were like pulling back. No, no, no. We okay. don't have the money. We cannot afford.
0: <laughs> how this- can you not take care of people? That's your job as elected officials to provide the services. You know, you have to put the money in the budget, and people had already voted to have that. So people have already told you they need that, they want that. What are you doing? Provide the money. And if you don't support people to take care of their mental and physical health, then the whole community degrades. You need to support all of the residents in a way that's supportive not only of them, but of the rest of the community.
2: You know, and absolutely, especially in, in in today's world now, there's so much stress out there. I'm not, I'm not just talking about uh, the war in the Middle East and uh, you know the stress that that caused for this one guy to to murder that six-year-old child in uh, in, in Plainfield. Uh, there are a lot of other stressors out there, and if people don't get the help that they need, they end up back uh, in uh, on the streets or in the prison system. And that is not doing anybody any good, right? Not at all,
0: because if the person needs mental health treatment, what being in the prison system—you sit there for a while and then you're released—you still need the help. So, what did you? What purpose did you serve? Nothing, right? And and... you have an addiction problem. If you don't treat that, you have not served them, and you have not served those around them.
2: Absolutely. Dennis. thank you so much uh, for your time this morning, and we'd love to have you come back. I know that tomorrow you're going to be filing to run again, and all the best do uh, you, you. know, and, I've uh... already
0: filed. We, we filed. I filed on the first day, oh, November 27th. Okay. Oh, yes, okay. I'm done with that.
2: Okay. My next thing will be
0: March 19th is the primary coming up. So okay. I just say this last thing to your listeners, encourage you all to be registered to vote for the primary. If you're going to be 18- post-to or before November, please get registered and get out there and vote. Know who's running in your area and be involved.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much for spending time with us on Sunday morning. Uh, Folks, Denise Winfrey, please give her a big hand, and uh, she is uh, obviously going to be back on the air with us one day. Thank you. Have Thank a great you, Denise. Day. You too. And with that, folks, uh, let's uh, turn around, and uh, we have got uh, uh, Michelle Alfano will be joining us shortly to give us uh, an update on what's happening with Eric's case in uh, in Iowa. Again, such a sad commentary on our prison system. Yeah. Okay. Do Has t- Eric gone out of? Uh- uh, solitary confinement. Yet? He is
4: uh, oh, just uh, yesterday. I, get, I think he was released, but Michelle's going to give us an update. On right. Hey,
2: uh, good morning, uh, Michelle. Uh, thank you for uh, for staying put uh, on on hold with us, and thank you for joining us on WCPT. You're on. Uh, so, what's the update on Eric's case now?
5: Good morning, everybody. So, thanks for having me. I'm talking about Newton Correctional. That's a facility in Newton, Iowa, that holds Eric. Uh, Eric has served all of his twenties and all of almost all of his thirties seventeen years. Wow, What brought him into the legal system was that at age nineteen, he urinated at the Iowa State University campus after a party, and that is public indecency, which is a sex crime in Iowa, and that was the beginning of him getting all tangled up. He is not a person likely to repeat that mistake again. So very low risk. He's had an excellent record while incarcerated. He's done everything they've asked. He's also paid his restitution. He's done his treatment. He's been a model prisoner. And one of the questions is, how long does it take to rehabilitate a person? He's done 17 years, and... I submit the question of when is enough enough? Now, we expected, Eric expected, his family expected, that he was going to be released in the summer of 2022 because he had just finished the treatment, and Newton Correctional is a treatment center. So we entrust the administration at Newton what we think is Treatment, we're picturing that, oh, people re enter society better than when they went in. So Eric has just finished 28 days in solitary confinement. He did 15 days, he was out for, he did 13 days, then was out for a few days, and then another 15. And this is what treatment at Newton Correctional looks like. Uh, For example, he got a shower three days a week, but to get that shower, you have to be strip-searched. Then you are handcuffed and taken to the shower in handcuffs, and then you have to shower in front of male and female staff. They watch you, and after the shower, you're strip-searched again. It is so dehumanizing that, of course, people opt not to shower because it's just so degrading. So in that example, I would question, where is the treatment there? What? How does this help a person to reenter? It's a total over-criminalization. And, and one thing I want people to think about is, This can happen to your son. Eric was a regular kid from a regular family. He was on a full academic scholarship at Iowa State. There was no indication that he was ever going to have any kind of legal problems. He was a regular kid. And teenagers make mistakes. We know this. Um... So it's, it's quite excessive. And, and one of the things I'm advocating for is we need more compassion in our prison system, more <laughs> dignity. In this country, we have something estimated at 2.3 billion people, sorry, 2.3 million people mm-hmm. incarcerated. And the focus is the punishment it's always so punitive and it really does not keep communities safer because when they do get released, for example, with this solitary confinement, it is very trauma inducing. It 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 causes long lasting PTSD. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now you're putting that person back into the society and we've entrusted the administration at newton correctional for example to to do the treatment and what they've actually done is caused more damage so very concerning now eric should have been released we thought it was going to happen in the summer of 2022 but a team at the department of Corrections referred his case to the Attorney General for further review. And they are doing this to many, many people. So I'm talking about Eric's case, but I'm also talking about many people. Um, hey, many, Michelle. Many, many uh, freedom. Yes?
2: Michelle, so let us figure out how can we, you know, how can we get the word out to make a change in the system. So if people want to reach out on Eric's case or any other case, who should they reach out to and how do they do that?
5: Yes. I'm going to give you two phone numbers today. Get your pens out if you would like to be of help in this situation. Um, Get your pen out. It would be very helpful for people to call the Iowa Governor, Kim Reynolds, Her phone number is 515-281-5211, and and stress that they are confusing tough on crime with torture at Newton Correctional, and that is not what taxpayers want. Another person to call would be the Iowa Attorney General, Brenna Byrd her number is five one five two eight one five one six four and we would ask that people urge the attorney general to release people who are ready to be released eric is one example of so many
2: Okay folks, uh, let me let me repeat those numbers for you, okay. And uh, remember, your phone calls are going to make a difference, not just for Eric, but for other people. and uh, you know for the for changing the system also. So the Iowa governor, the number is five one five two eight one five two one one. Again, the Iowa governor, five one five two eight one. 5211, and the Iowa Attorney General is 515-281-5164, 515-281-5164, and if you can please take a couple of minutes out, today's Sunday, call and leave a message for them, okay, they're going to listen to those messages, it is going to make a difference. And if you want to call in over here, uh, we still have a few minutes to take a couple of phone calls. 773-763-9278 is the number. This is the Lightning Strike. I'm your host, Mohammed Fahim. With me in the studio today, Ken DeLuke and John Arena and Tyree Pipkins, our intern, is uh, shaking his head over there. Tyree, thank you so much for being part of the show, man. And again, remember, we come every Sunday mornings 9 to 10 on WCPT, 820 a.m., you can also go and visit our website, which is TLS, for The Lightning Strike, tlschicago.com. If you want to come on as a guest, you can always uh, send us a message through the website. And get involved, folks. We can make a difference. Remember, in, in a democracy, it is a government of the people, by the people, for the people. For some reason, we are forgetting that last part of it, John. Mm -hmm. The for the people is no longer being implemented. It is government of the people, by the people, and by that we mean the people who are already in power. They don't want to, uh, you know, let go of their power. A lot of these people who are running for office now are more for the power part of it Mm -hmm. than for the service part of it. And we have seen that can in the in the past also. Yeah, I mean, look at like Argentina for example.
4: That's a scary uh, situation down there. It's just well, I it's mean, like uh, an you infection. can talk it's about just...
2: Argentina. I can talk about India, man, all day. Yeah. The situation is so scary in India also. You know, it's, it's getting crazy. So, uh, Michelle, again, thank you so much for joining us on uh, WCPT. Please keep us informed as to what is happening with Eric's case, and uh, you know uh, we, we'll keep on hammering at this till something happens, folks. We did reach out to the Iowa Attorney General's office, uh, inviting them to come and talk about uh, you know the situation in, 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 the, in the Newton Correctional Center uh, on air with us, and uh, we did get a response uh, back saying that uh, they're not available right now. So we'll reach out again. We'll see if we can hold them accountable. Uh, we elect them. We pay their salaries. Okay, these people should be working for us. Remember, of the people, by the people, for the people. And if they are not working for the people, it is time that the people hold them accountable. That's all I can say on uh, yeah. you know, on, on the Sunday morning. Yeah, it shouldn't be for the sheeple.
4: It should be for the people. <laughs> nice.
2: <laughs>
5: Mohammed, thank you, yes, thank Michelle. you for having me, and I do want to add with the Attorney General. When when Eric was put on this wait list, he was informed that his wait would be six to seven more years of just waiting for the Attorney General to no,
2: review that, that his is, that, case. That, that is crazy. It's not so, No, it is not. It is not just unreasonable. It is crazy. Okay, in those seven years, there might yeah. be like two or three different Attorney Generals also. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And of course this
5: is all happening on taxpayer dollars. Can, and that's another concern.
2: Can the governor of
3: Iowa commute his sentence? I know some governors have those that those powers, some do not in different states. Do you know in Iowa if if that is something? Honestly,
5: John, we're not asking for that. Eric has served his time. He's served almost 17 years. He's done the treatment. He's gotten two college degrees on his own. He has spent an extensive amount of time volunteering. He made a mistake. He has paid for that mistake. Mm -hmm. We're not asking for his sentence to be commuted. He has served his time. We're asking, for the second chance that he deserves because he has done what was asked of him. He's been eligible for parole since 2017. Mm -hmm. So he has done what they have asked. And I started the segment today saying, how long does it take to rehabilitate a person? This is a person who is very low risk and, It's time for him to come back into society and be a productive citizen. He's going to be 37 years old soon. He is completely capable of working and supporting himself. We don't need tax dollars to support him any longer.
2: I agree with you, Michelle. So, folks, uh, remember that a lot of good people uh, are there for no fault of theirs or for some silly little thing that, you know, you did as a teenager and to spend 16, 17 years of your life uh, behind bars is, uh, is, is just crazy, especially in a country like ours. Okay. Speaking of that now, folks, again, the number to call in is seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. We can take one phone call if you call in. If not, we'll have to finish off the day today on, on a positive note. And, uh, you know, uh, do you know who John Pierpont was?
1: No, I don't.
2: Ken? Yeah, it rings a bell. Tyree? Okay, folks. Okay. John Pierpont, uh, you know, failed at everything that he did in his life. <laughs> he started out as a teacher, failed, and he wanted to become an attorney. He failed at that. Uh, he spent his life writing poetry. Nobody would read his poetry. He failed at that, uh, supposedly. And uh, he retired from a, uh, you know, podunk kind of government job, uh, pushing some files. Mm-hmm. But now that we're coming into the Christmas season, everybody remembers a poem that John Pierpont wrote. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Jingle all the way. That was written by John Pierpont. So, folks, don't write off people that uh, you think are not successful. There's a lot of people who are successful, but you just don't know about them. And, again, we will be happy to have you join us next Sunday. We come every Sunday morning, 9 to 10. This is the lightning strike. We threw some lightning bolts out there. And keep involved. Get involved with us. Do join us. Go to the website, www.tlschicago.com. We'll be seeing you again next Sunday. Thank you, John. Thank you, Tyree. Thank you, Ken, for joining us. And thank you, Michelle, for getting on and uh, informing us as to what's happening with Eric. And thank you, Denise Winfrey, for joining us on the show today. Good night. Good night. Good
1: day. Good day. Go Bears.
2: (laughs) Go Bears.
1: Okay. Good night. Yeah, sure. Okay, bye. Thank you.
5: Thank you.